0: Letter eight of Clarissa Harlow, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlow, Volume two, by Samuel Richardson. Letter eight. Miss Clarissa Harlow to Miss Howe, Thursday night, March twenty third. I send you the boasted confutation letter, just now put into my hands. My brother and sister, my uncle Antony, and Mr. Soames are, I understand, exulting over the copy of it below, as an unanswerable performance. To Miss Clarissa Harlow. Once again, my inflexible sister, I write to you. It is to let you know that the pretty piece of art you found out to make me the vehicle of your whining pathetics to your father and mother has not had the expected effect. I do assure you that your behaviour has not been misrepresented, nor needed. Your mother, who is solicitous to take all opportunities of putting the most favourable constructions upon all you do, has been forced, as you well know, to give you up upon full trial. No need, then, of the expedient of pursuing your needleworks in her sight. She cannot bear your whining pranks, and it is for her sake that you are not permitted to come into her presence, nor will be, but upon her own terms. You had liked to have made a simpleton of your Aunt Harvey yesterday. She came down from you pleading in your favour. But when she was asked what concession she had brought you to, she looked about her, and knew not what to answer. So your mother, when surprised into the beginning of your cunning address to her and to your father under my name, for I had begun to read it, little suspecting such an ingenious subterfuge, and would then make me read it through, wrung her hands, O, her dear child, her dear child, must not be so compelled! But when she was asked whether she would be willing to have for her son-in-law, the man who bids defiance to her whole family, and who had liked to have murdered her son, and what concession she had gained from her dear child to merit this tenderness, and that for one who had apparently deceived her in assuring her that her heart was free, then could she look about her as her sister had done before. Then was she again brought to herself, and to a resolution to assert her authority, not to transfer it, witty presumer, over the rebel who of late has so ungratefully struggled to throw it off you seem child to have a high notion of the matrimonial duty and i'll warrant like the rest of your sex one or two whom i have the honour to know excepted that you will go to church to promise what you will never think of afterwards but sweet child as your worthy mamma norton calls you think a little less of the matrimonial at least till you come into that state and a little more of the filial duty how can you say you are to bear all the misery when you give so large a share of it to your parents, to your uncles, to your aunt, to myself and to your sister, who all for eighteen years of your life loved you so well. If of late I have not given you room to hope for my favour or compassion, it is because of late you have not deserved either. I know what you mean, little reflecting fool, by saying, it is much in my power, although but to your brother, a very slight degree of relationship with you, to give you that peace which you can give yourself whenever you please. The liberty of refusing, pretty miss, is denied you, because we are all sensible that the liberty of choosing to every one's dislike must follow. The vile wretch you have set your heart upon speaks this plainly to everybody, though you won't. He says you are his, and shall be his, and he will be the death of any man who robs him of his property. So, miss, we have a mind to try this point with him. My father, supposing he has the right of a father in his child, is absolutely determined not to be bullied out of that right.' and what must that child be who prefers the rake to a father this is the light in which this whole debate ought to be taken blush then delicacy that cannot bear the poet's amour omnibus idem blush then purity be ashamed virgin modesty and if capable of conviction surrender your whole will to the will of the honoured pair to whom you owe your being and beg of all your friends to forgive and forget the part you have of late acted i have written a longer letter than ever i designed to write to you after the insolent treatment and prohibition you have given me and now i am commissioned to tell you that your friends are as weary of confining you as you are of being confined and therefore you must prepare yourself to go in a very few days as you have been told before to your uncle Antony's, who notwithstanding your apprehensions will draw up his bridge when he pleases will see what company he pleases in his own house nor will he demolish his chapel to cure you of your foolish, late-commenced antipathy to a place of divine worship. The more foolish, as if we intended to use force, we could have the ceremony pass in your chamber, as well as anywhere else. Prejudice against Mr. Soames has evidently blinded you, and there is a charitable necessity to open your eyes, since no one but you thinks a gentleman so contemptible in his person, nor, for a plain country gentleman, who has too much solid sense to appear like a coxcomb, justly blamable in his manners and as to his temper it is necessary you should speak upon fuller knowledge than at present it is plain you can have of him upon the whole it will not be amiss that you prepare for your speedy removal as well for the sake of your own conveniency as to shew your readiness in one point at least to oblige your friends one of whom you may if you please to deserve it reckon though but a brother james harlowe p s If you are disposed to see Mr. Solmes and to make some excuses to him for past conduct, in order to be able to meet him somewhere else, with the less concern to yourself for your freedoms with him, he shall attend you where you please. If you have a mind to read the settlements before they are read to you for your signing, they shall be sent you up. Who knows, but they will help you to some fresh objections. Your heart is free, you know. It must. For did you not tell your mother it was? And will the pious Clarissa fib to her mamma? I desire no reply. The case requires none. Yet I will ask you, have you missed no more proposals to make? I was so vexed when I came to the end of this letter, the postscript to which perhaps might be written after the others had seen the letter, that I took up my pen with an intent to write to my uncle Harlow about resuming my own estate in pursuance of your advice, but my heart failed me when I recollected that I had not one friend to stand by or support me in my claim and it would but the more incense them, without answering any good end. Oh, that my cousin were but come! Is it not a sad thing, beloved as I thought myself so lately by every one, that now I have not one person in the world to plead for me, to stand by me, or who would afford me refuge were I to be under the necessity of asking for it? I, who had the vanity to think I had as many friends as I saw faces, and flattered myself too, that it was not altogether unmerited, Because I saw not my Maker's image either in man, woman, or child, high or low, rich or poor, whom, comparatively, I loved not as myself. Would to heaven, my dear, that you were married! Perhaps then you could have induced Mr. Hickman to afford me protection till these storms were overblown. But then this might have involved him in difficulties and dangers, and that I would not have done for the world. I don't know what to do, not I. God forgive me, but I am very impatient. I wish, but I don't know what to wish without a sin yet I wish it would please God to take me to his mercy. I can meet with none here. What a world is this! What is there in it desirable? The good we hope for so strangely mixed that one knows not what to wish for. And one half of mankind tormenting the other, and being tormented themselves in tormenting. For here is this my particular case. My relations cannot be happy, though they make me unhappy, except my brother and sister indeed, and they seem to take delight in and enjoy the mischief they make. But it is time to lay down my pen, since my ink runs nothing but gall. End of Letter 8